Hi, welcome to the Songwriter Diaries. This is a podcast all about picking the brain of every songwriter that you know. So grab a glass of wine and join us. My name is Megan Ellsworth. My co-host is Caroline Stump. This is the Songwriter Diaries. We're all depressed, so let's write a song about it. Oh my gosh. Hello. We have Jay Madison here. Twin sisters from Texas or Tennessee? Texas. Yeah, Southeast Texas. We've been in Tennessee though. I, I think we're in our eighth year of our like of the 10 year town thing. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we're here to stay. It happen, you know, we're playing a lot more and writing a lot more. So yeah, we're going to stick That's around. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. Well, we're so glad to have you on the podcast. Um, why don't we just dive right in and have you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and how you got into music. Yeah, we're super excited to be here. Thank you for having us. And it's kind of like a cool backstory how we even found out about this podcast because we literally ran into Caroline like at what was it, Bobby's Bar? Like yeah, Bobby's Garage. Bobby's Garage Bar. That's what it was like a few yep. months ago. And we just like met her like she was randomly sitting at the bar and we just started talking and then this happened. So you never know in Nashville who you'll run into. <laughs> I love it. Um, so true. But yeah, I mean, we're from Southeast Texas. Madison, if you want to kind of go into to that spiel, I know she likes to. Oh, you know. You know. <laughs> well, we've been together literally since the womb. So I mean, <laughs> like we've been singing together for as long as we can remember. Um, and of course, growing up in Texas, we were surrounded by rock and country and just all these different genres. Um, but the heart of it is always blues and soul. Um, so you can hear that in a lot of the stuff that we write. Um, and then, of course, we were musical theater kids, too, in high school. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of y'all are fans of Legally Blonde, the musical, but that was like my peak in life when I played Elle Woods and Madison was Paulette. It's, oh, still, on <laughs> it's still on YouTube. It, it was it's still on YouTube, but I literally was like, this is my peak. Like, I'm 15. This is my peak. And I, it's just going to get worse from here. But <laughs> oh, my God we're gonna need need that url we need the video we'll put it on the patreon (laughs) yes yes that's the bended snap it's pretty iconic um so we were yeah surrounded by music we were in music ever since we were little doing like community theater and choir and um basically in high school we only had like kind of two options as far as going into this as like a career, which was go the musical theater route or go like the classical route. And we were like, not really feeling either of those. So we were, (laughs) we were just like, well, we want to write our own stuff. We have our own perspective. And I think the best place to go is Nashville for that. So, um, you know, we auditioned for the commercial uh, voice program at Belmont. That's what brought us to Nashville and from there we've just been writing and networking and performing and and doing the whole thing. (laughs) So what does your day-to-day songwriting process look like? Um, So a lot of the time it's just like one line that'll come to you and like you're just it's usually when I'm like in the kitchen or something or walking around and I'll just like (laughs) (laughs) something just like comes to me and then I like you build off of that and then I send it to Jordan and she's like "Ooh, I could do this with it you know and like it and vice versa sometimes she like comes to me with like a whole song pretty much written um 
and then I just add like a rhythm to it. Um, she's like a good, a really great lyricist and uh, brings me like ideas and then I kind of add some structure to it and stuff. So that's kind yeah. of how we split stuff. Yeah, and the approach is different to every single song. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll bring half a song to her, like she said, sometimes she'll bring one to me or we'll just be in one place and be like, hey, what if we write a song like with this hook, with this idea? And it all comes together. Like sometimes we start at the beginning. Sometimes we start at the bridge and build from there. Like there's no rules really. It's just like whatever feels right. And it's just a fun process too. Cause like we're twins. So we can be really honest with each other and be yeah. like, okay, sounds like crap. Um, <laughs> it's it's always book. easier to do that with, you know, your twin rather than like, a co-writer who you like just met because you have to like kind of tiptoe around it sometimes but with her it's like yeah no <laughs> next <laughs> let's try something else <laughs> yeah that's not it's not giving you know <laughs> it's not giving what it needs to give <laughs> do you two usually write together or like I know you said sometimes you come to each other with like a fully formed song and then you kind of just bounce it off the other one so like what does that look like um, so it just depends on the song. Like sometimes like one of us will write three quarters of a song and then like the other one adds that special touch that makes the song what it is. And then other times like we write songs separately or we're sitting in the same room drinking wine and like talking about, uh, you know, how to make a song better, that kind of thing. So sometimes yeah. we're together, sometimes we're in separate places, but yeah. Yeah. And the one thing that we always make sure to do like in the same room is like during the recording process, when we're listening to, um, you know, just all of that back and making sure like, okay, we can bounce this off of each other in the same room. Like I'm hearing it, you're hearing it. We can call it out like in the moment together. So the recording process is like much more like, okay, we have to be in the same room and we have to like make sure everything's ending up the way that we want it to sound. Yeah. Yes. And do you play your own instruments when you record or do you have a band that you record with? Uh, we usually record with uh, a band or just like um, musicians that we hire. Um, but it's not like technically our band yet. That's on the list though. We <laughs> yes. um, but I'm, I can play piano. I just like get really nervous so like I try to use someone and I feel like I don't consider myself a piano player I'm just but you literally like, play piano so that's what a piano I do is. but it's like how <laughs> Billy Joel like talks about not being a singer he said that multiple times okay. like I'm not a singer I'm like but you are though because you're <laughs> but, like, that's no, how I feel about piano I literally just played a show last night with you playing piano but that's fine yeah, like I'm not like a classical player or I'm not like I I kind of learned by ear and play chords it makes me think I'm like not you know a piano player so yeah. well it, you're great so <laughs> at the studio we, we usually just hire like a band and we um we write all of our all of our stuff together bring in the charts have that just ready for them like ahead of time sick nice. cool yeah. um so how do you guys divvy up roles in your in your duo in your band so like who does what that's give us the tea <laughs> that's a good question and it took a lot of trial and error to like <laughs> get the right um I guess equation like for the best results we kind of had to 
take our ego out of it because like starting out, it was like, okay, we're twins. So we have to do everything exactly half and half. And it's like, you sing the verse, I sing the second verse. And then we split and it's like, okay, no, like, so we started out with that mindset and it was like very ego-based. And then the more we've been doing this, it's like, okay, let's step away and look at the whole of the song and like, what's best for the song itself. Like, you know, your voice sound, Madison's voice sounds better on kind of like more um, like darker and richer tones. And like, you know, she's got a lower voice than me. I have a higher voice. Um, and so, and a more like kind of soulful gritty voice. So depending on like what the song calls for. So if we, there's like a really high run or on something where it's like, ah, and it's like super soulful, I'm going to crack on that. Yeah. Like I'm, it's not going to be good. I mean, like I, I'm, I'll try my best, but <laughs> I should sing that probably. Um, and so yeah, we those little decisions. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've just kind of taken the ego out of it and really just been like, okay, what's best for the song is the main thing. Um, because we're both putting, um, you know, tons of effort towards every song that we write together. And whether that be like Madison puts 50% in and I put 50% in, or I put 40% in and she puts 60% on, like, it doesn't matter. We're just like, okay, we needed each other to finish this song. You know, mm -hmm. we're, it's, it's 50, 50 in that way. Like as far as, you know, being, um, you know, part of the project, but as far as the little things like that to like get it out there, it's it's what's best for the song. Well, and like going into different roles as far as um, like who's the organized one and who's not. Like <laughs> I'm a very forgetful, artistic, like mm -hmm. type of person. <laughs> um, like Phoebe from Friends. She drives me nuts. <laughs> she kind of reins me in sometimes like because she's very like she's good with deadlines she's good with uh having a marketing mind and stuff so like I've I've used those gifts like not that like, like I have good ideas but I need her to help me implement those ideas sometimes uh totally so yeah, yeah we it's try to fill in we try to like you know compensate for each other's weaknesses because of course yeah. we both have them we're not perfect surprisingly um <laughs> But uh, yeah, we try to just <laughs> we try to just uh, you know compensate for each other and and be a great team because that's what you know good teams do. Yeah, Definitely. I love that. I would love say we have this those same differences in terms of yeah. having a podcast. Yes, I would say I'm, Megan, you're yeah. the more. I'm more woo. Yeah, you're the more Phoebe, and I'm more like okay, woo, Monica. Is, Monica. <laughs> I'm more Monica. <laughs> Oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love That's it. <laughs> and I was curious about this question of, because I know so many siblings and close friends that have gotten into groups together and it can be terrible, but it can also <laughs> be amazing. So I was wondering what you guys think is the best and worst parts of working with family. That's a really good question. We've never been asked that question. Oh, um, really? Yeah, thank you. I like I like these tough questions. Um, I think like the hardest and easiest part is that we're so close. So it's like we can be each other's reason to like self-sabotage and make excuses, but we can also be each other's like reason to support each other and and actually succeed, like just basically put a fire under each other's asses and you know, call each other out on, you know, just 
self-sabotage and not doing what we need to do and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and um, the interesting thing is like, we were kind of in that season, mm-hmm. like a few years ago, where we just like, we weren't playing out that much. We weren't writing as much as we should have, because we were scared. I mean, it's a scary, mm-hmm. like, um, it's a scary industry to be in. And so you're like, what if this, what if that, but like, at the end of the day, you just have to want to do it. Like there's, there's no one, you know, telling you you can't, so you just have to do it. But um, like with us living together, it actually helped us when we moved away from each other because it gave us that distance. And then it felt like a, um, it felt like a vacation when we got to see each other. <laughs> and so we were a lot more productive when we would get together and write because uh, we had that built-in space and we're like, oh, it's my sister, you know? Well, yeah, and, and when you're like constantly together, you kind of like start taking each other for granted because it's like, oh, instead of, you know, writing today, we can always write tomorrow. And then you just do yeah. that for like six <laughs> months and you're like, oh, we didn't do anything. So, you know, now that we have kind of this distance, it's like, it's actually been really a lot healthier for us and we've been way more productive. We've been playing out more. Um, yeah, and it just... I hope that answers the question. I don't (laughs) No, it definitely does. Yeah. And you guys, I mean, even just going out with you guys, how close you were and like your energy together is just so great. That sounds really like, but like just the energy you bring is so positive and full of light. So you have the vibes. (laughs) vibes. Oh yeah. Person too. So like, I get it. Oh my God. I love this. So, um, this is a new question that we came up with today and I'm really excited to hear what you think. Um, what do you think are some of the most important qualities for a successful songwriter? Mm. Jordan, do you want to start this one or you want me to say? Yeah, no, I think, I think I've got something brewing in my mind. I can see you thinking about it. So I think the hardest thing, at least for me as a songwriter is the idea that like, you should rewrite something like you have to be open to editing you have to be open to being wrong about an idea and it's so hard to do that because these songs are like your brainchild it's your baby and you're like you're so attached like trying to learn how to not be so attached to the song as if it's like because it is part of me but it's not me like so I have to try to create that um balance and distance between it and actually take like constructive criticism and whenever I hear people's opinions or ideas like not to get defensive to just be like okay I'm going to say open-minded you know because you can always take all of those ideas and that feedback and make it even better instead of just like holding so tightly onto it that you just keep it like the first draft and like rarely is the first draft you know the final draft so for me, that's kind of the hardest part is just learning to let go, I guess, during the process of, of creation. It's like a balance of giving to your audience, right? Taking the ego out and then also having enough sense of self to say something honest that's not copying what everyone else is doing in the industry. So like if you give or you, you think of the audience too much, then you end up copycatting everybody else. But then yeah. if you put too much ego in it then it's a song that just is for you emotionally and it's just for you and it doesn't it doesn't have the impact that you want so that's really the balance you have to strike as a songwriter totally I love how you guys have been mentioning ego because Mm -hmm. I think that like that's been 
on my mind a lot recently and my partner Colin talks about ego a lot as well and like I wish we didn't have them have (laughs) egos because we would all just be these like beings of like light that would just give 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 you know and so I love that you've been mentioning that and I think it's so important to take that out of songwriting and out of music in general because that's just yes thank you I love that yes Uh, half the battle literally is just being self-aware like yep oh and I don't really know how to expand on that like it's because I've learned that the hard way you know like when you hold on to things so tightly or you take everything personally and it's like there's no productive energy in that you don't get out of it what you think you're gonna get out of it you know what I mean yeah to see yourself as the hero in literally every situation like and then when you do that then you think everyone's out to get you and the world's against you and it's not working for you and then that's exhausting it makes Mm -hmm. you it it doesn't lend itself to creativity it lends itself to like feeling like you're being victimized by the world and I've been there I was there for years and that never creates like a good song yeah when you're writing from a bitter place like, I mean, I guess it could, but like, I don't know. I just prefer to write from like a grateful, more open place. Like, okay, we'll yeah. see where this goes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I hope people out there are taking freaking notes. I know. I feel like I'm at a TED talk right now and I'm like, Gosh, okay, wow. wait, I'm absorbing everything. My face is probably just like. <laughs> are we in a therapy session right now? Like what's going on? Yes. Every <laughs> podcast episode ends up feeling like a therapy session. In some yeah, ugh, it really does. Um, I love it. Yeah, I was going to say about the editing because obviously mm-hmm. Megan and I talk all the time and we struggle with this of like, we get really attached to something. We're like, well, maybe it's not that good. And then it <laughs> just gets that like defense mechanism going. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in college, our professor, Owen Quartz, love him, shout out. Shout out. He, the class that we were in was like a songwriting ensemble. And so we would every week bring in a song and then get edits from our peers, but we had to make the edits. It was like everything that they're telling you to do, you have to do it in order to get a grade. Even if it was like, I totally disagree with this. I don't want to edit it like this. It forced you to rewrite something or change a chord or whatever it was. And then he was like, you can always change it back. You don't have to, this doesn't have to be the permanent version, but you have to try it and see what happens because your peers know a lot and maybe more than you do. So you have to take in what they're saying. And most of the time it was always 10 times better when you added other people's thoughts to it, even if you were so defensive about, wait, I love that line. What do you mean I need to change it? (laughs) That's the best line. What do you mean? Yeah, (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So what songwriters do you to admire and why do you admire them? Uh, well, Billy Joel is a big one. I mean, I already referenced him, but like just the way that he writes so conversationally and it's, you know, it's him when it's on the radio and like, he happens mm-hmm. to be a songwriter and artist. So like, that's awesome. And then Chris Stapleton too, he wrote a lot of songs that probably people don't realize he wrote before he actually became an artist. Casey um, Graves. Yeah, Casey. Yeah. Uh, huge. Like, we're just huge lyrics people. Like, and that's kind of what drew us to like the country genre is like the stories and like, you know, like our ideal 
place to perform is like a listening room, like where people are actually listening and they can hear like, you know, the work and the craft that went into the lyrics because so any artist or songwriter who's like super focused on lyric on the lyrics like Willie Nelson like all of that is just so Barbara Cloyd yeah, oh, is so important is <laughs> so important for us because it's like that's what we do like we don't and like there's a place for music that you're just like kind of vibing to and like doing other stuff but like, we don't want that to be our music. We want it to be like an experience when people hear it and it like takes them back to a moment or they, you know, they just feel an emotion that they needed to feel or they cry it out or they laugh or whatever they need to feel. Um, lyrics are our number one for us. Like we just kind of use the melody to facilitate the lyrics um, as opposed to, yeah, um, yeah like to, we usually start with lyrics actually. Um, sometimes we don't, but most I of the try to like, craft the melody around the lyrics in the sense that like it's not locked in it's not like this is the melody we have to fit the words to this it's like yeah how would I say this to somebody how would I have this conversation how do I want to talk it to music and then like giving it that like push and pull effect I, that's what I, what I always call it is like build it and then take away build it take it away um and that's the power of music and it like keeps it interesting um just like little things you can do like with inflections to keep people interested even if it's like the same three or four notes that you're doing in the verse or something you're changing it up so yeah love that love that and yes Casey Musgraves <laughs> mm. queen queen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so what are some this is a heavy hitter what oh are God. some goals that you have for your for your project in the next five years Ooh. Jordan, are you starting this? Oh, okay, you, I okay. I, I guess that's what like that <laughs> I meant because she was like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we oh, recently so recorded. Good. Yeah, we recently recorded our debut album um, at Revolver Recordings in LA. Oh my God! Okay, we worked, we worked very closely um, with Michael Blue. Um, he was our producer as well as um, as Dean Denning. He was also a co-producer. Dean is the basis for Toad the Wet Sprocket, if anyone's a fan. <laughs> um, and he plays on the album. Um, oh my God, Michael, that's exciting. And then Michael, I mean, everyone knows, you know, Colby Kelly, Bubbly, and um, yeah, he's really, he's worked with some top people. So, um, you know, Grammy winning and all that. So whenever we had the chance for him to hear our demos, we were like, yes. Um, <laughs> we sent it over and he wanted, you know, to work with us and record together, which was like crazy considering this was our debut album. We were like, yeah, like we'll fly over right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, let's go. <laughs> so we get in the studio, we spent two weeks out in LA, um, and record it just literally spent the whole two weeks doing it. It was a dream. It was like the best two weeks of our entire lives. And I was like, I want to do this forever. Yes. This be my life every day. Um, but yeah, so that process was amazing. So we've got or 12 recorded songs. We just sent them for mastering. Um, so a lot of exciting things happening there. That <laughs> is so cool. Music out, you know, but also <laughs> like as far as long-term goals, I would say like making a living off of music alone would be the dream. 
if anything happens past that, that would be awesome. Like if we become like, you know, and if we're in history books or those, <laughs> like, you know, huge arenas that are sold out, like I would be like, okay, that's, that's fun. Um, but the main Before thing it, is- Yeah, we just want to write amazing songs. Just yeah. continue to write amazing songs and see where that takes us. Um, and just perform more and more at bigger events and just meet more people. Eventually go on tour. We want to go on tour. Yeah. We yes. do want to be in CMA Fest. That's something that's, that's a that goal. Is. I think we, we can literally, oh my God. Well, I know we can do it because we were accepted at the spotlight stage in 2020. And then they were like, oh, it's canceled. Sorry. And we were like, no, <laughs> but we're going to keep trying. Oh my God, brutal. I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but it still showed us that we could do it. So I was like, so we tried again. It didn't work out this year, but we're going to keep trying until they take us back. Like you said, yes, once you're going to do it again. Yeah. That's so rude that they say yes. And then they're like, "Mm, maybe not. And I was like, Mm. could you like put us on like the short list or something for like the next year? Like, dang. Depends on who the judges are. Who's like Mm. listening to music. Cause like maybe that that year was like, oh, I love their stuff. And then we get a panel of people that are like, what Mm. what are they about? (laughs) Yeah. Subjective. Oh my God. Well, that is so exciting about your debut album, getting a little sneak sneak peek here on the episode (laughs) that's really exciting yeah and we have well two songs from the album are already out so we have catch 22 and ride or die okay great Uh, we released those as singles but they're also on the album and they kind of give you a taste of what the album is but yeah it's just like a ton of different styles just thrown in together like we're really inspired by like 80s anthems we're inspired by folk country lyricism so like it's it's kind of a cool mesh of different sounds and it's I mean it's really awesome that we can that we can say we wrote the whole thing top to bottom like just us like who gets to say that that's awesome she's my twin like it's just we want the music to feel like what we look like what our energy is so like we have dark and light obviously with the brunette and blonde thing we have like that dark it like part of <laughs> that heavy bass that kind of thing but we also have like lighter lyrics and like lighter themes that we use so I mean I just think it's interesting and fun to tie those two together visually but also with the music that's awesome yeah so true do you have a release date for the album yet or is it too soon we don't I will definitely because I don't want to say it and then we're like oh we're pushing it back so as soon as we 100% know it will be trust me all over our social media okay Um, good yeah we'll keep everybody posted (laughs) oh my gosh I'm so excited yeah because (laughs) I was looking through your Spotify and I was like oh I've like heard these songs that are in their top and I was like they have four singles out. I need more. I need more from them right now. I was like, I've heard all of these and they're amazing and they're on repeat, but oh, thank I need you. more. <laughs> we have like, I want the whole experience. I want to sit down and cry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need a vinyl. That's oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. my god. Yes. Yes. Yay! I want a vinyl. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. I'm excited, like that's coming back because honestly, like me too. Vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's yes. the best. Okay, we've come to our final question, which we like to think as the heaviest of the hitters. Ooh. <laughs> Why do you two write songs? 
I think it's because we feel we must, as in, um, it's just part of who we are, like as a way to express ourselves. One of the biggest things, um, or I guess biggest compliments that um, we received from Michael, like when we first sent him our music, was he was like, this sounds like you, these are songs that feel like they had to be written. They were, they were born out of necessity rather than just like something extra, you know? And, and to me, I took that to heart because I was like, that's exactly how I want our music to feel. I wanted to feel like this had to like be created because it's, it literally is just like relief or an extension of, of just the human experience, <laughs> I guess. So it's just who we are. It's part of who we are. And we want it to reach people where they need to be met. Um, and like, I would say too, um, like growing up an introvert and I'm still very much an introvert. And, um, you know, I, I didn't necessarily always know what I was feeling. Like I would kind of internalize a lot. Um, so music was a way for me to externalize that um, and connect with other people about the emotions I was feeling. Like that's part of where the necessity comes from is that it's like, I put it in there and it's like, I had to say it because it was on my heart and I needed to release it somehow. And then people connect to that and it's a beautiful little moment, you know? Yeah. And everyone has different ways where they, where they find that, that relief, like in expressing their emotion, whether that be like writing in a journal or going for a run or whatever. For us, it's it's writing songs, you know. And I also don't try to like beat myself up either. Like when we go through periods where we're not writing as much, because honestly, as a writer, you have to go through those periods to experience life and like internalize all of these experiences and like lived emotions so that when the time comes and you're like you know, not necessarily inspired because you shouldn't just write when you're inspired, but when the time comes to like put pen to paper, it just like all flows out because it's something that you have lived. Like you, it's one thing I, I like to write from a place of lived experience rather than just like observational things. So sometimes I'm like, okay, like if, if we need to wait a second to like get the next songs on paper, like let's do it. Like we want it to be quality over quantity, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think that's such a good um, reminder, especially I feel like I needed to hear that. So thank you for sharing that. That's really so true. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Yeah. As songwriters, it's definitely easy to like beat ourselves up when it's like, so okay, true. you didn't write five songs this week, or you didn't write <laughs> a song this weekend when you said you wouldn't. It's like, okay, well, or think of it like, well, I'm just storing this away from my lived experiences to write about later. And like, sometimes you have to like sit on a song for like, sometimes years, like I'll have like a tiny little idea, but I'm like, no, I need to like experience more things before I have more to say about that. So I'm just going to put it over there. You're and filtering then, through your life experience yeah. to find truth, right? Mm -hmm. You find yes. a little glimmer of truth and you're like, okay, I can do something with that. I have something to say about that experience or what that person did to me or said to me or like whatever. This is a universal truth and my like art form music is going to put that out in the world. Novelists do the same thing. Uh, with like classic literature and like even paintings like by Vincent Van Gogh, which I work at the Van Gogh 
<laughs> exhibits. So like I'm inspired by him literally every day. I love that. But the way he painted was so true. And that's mm. something that just jumps off the page. And he painted all of his stuff, I think within seven years of his life. So like he, he died around 30 something. So he lived a lot of life before he even started painting. And then mm. he just, it all flowed out. He just had something to say. Um, wow. So yeah. So, so fun fact, you just wait till you have something to say. Exactly. Mm. Wow. That I was- love it honestly life-changing what you were saying (laughs) so profound I have felt so guilty not to make it about me but (laughs) I have felt so guilty about not writing because since moving to Nashville I've been very like career focused and also like mental health is a thing and trying to stay afloat and not writing as much as I think that I should be so hearing that I'm just living life storing it away and then when I'm ready to release it slash when it's called to release it then it will happen literally and every single time I've lived by that like I literally sit down and it just flows out and it's like all right there and it's like oh okay well that wouldn't have happened if I like tried to force this two months ago so yeah how can we expect our second album to just like we'll get together for wine or something (laughs) I'll just write it all in one night (laughs) kind of like what I'm thinking might happen but um, you never know. There's no rules. That's the crazy thing about music. There's about literally no rules. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So yeah, true. Don't feel guilty about being human, but also it's a very real thing to like work a nine to five job and you're working all the time. And so like the creativity is hard to blossom in that. And like on social media, <laughs> you don't see. It's like preach. <laughs> you don't see that on social media. You're like, oh, they're releasing songs all the time. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm not writing enough. I'm not working hard enough. I'm like, yes, you are you're working a nine to five job, maybe two, uh, you know, maybe like five side hustles on top of that. You know, you're doing great. You're doing good. You're just like a little chicken nugget doing your best, you know? Yes. We're all little chicken nuggets doing our best. (laughs) Preach it. (laughs) Megan just starts sobbing. I'm like, oh, I am a little chicken nugget. (laughs) I call myself a badass chicken nugget. That's how I, I, love, like, that. I love that. <laughs> I love that identifier. <laughs> Ugh, I don't, I, I identify as a chicken nugget. <laughs> um, so the song that you shared with us to end out the episode is called Ride or Die. Do you guys want to uh, tell us a little bit about it? And uh, like, what was the motivation behind the song? Yeah, so... This, we, we had the idea of writing like a best friend anthem, like for a long time, because obviously we're best friends and like, that's very on brand for us, but we like, didn't want it to be super cheesy. Like we wanted it to feel like, um, you know, upbeat and, and fun. And I literally had watched like Thelma and Louise, like the night that I brought this idea to her. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, like I was already writing this song kind of around the ride or die thing. What if we brought in like the Thelma and Louise, like. Mm-hmm. Um, different themes and like just kind of making it a, an ode to that and like it's us on like this road trip and it's just it's just a fun song that you listen to like with the windows down and yeah, yeah like, like, that, that best friend that would low-key commit a murder with you, you know <laughs> like, and you'd be fine you would be feel so safe like you're not gonna get caught because you have your ride or die okay yeah so that's and my- what well 
Yes, my favorite line that sums it up basically is, um, what's the alibi line? If you need an alibi, I'll say what I gotta say. I'd rather live a lie than live without you one damn day, right? Aww. So that basically sums it up. It's like, like you're my ride or die. Like I'll do anything. Like we'll run from the cops. We'll, we'll, and also the music video was so fun because in the music video, we like steal this guy's car. Yeah. He's getting on Madison and we're like, no. So I'm like, I'm just going to get in this car and she's going to run away. And we're just going to go on this run, this road trip. And it was like, just so fun to film. Like it was so extra. It was so funny to me. Like the part where I have to run into the car, like I'm not a runner. I don't, <laughs> I don't like moving quick. she looks like she's running in slow motion okay. and the guy behind her is like <laughs> I'm like running so slow like it's it's comedic at this like, it kind of makes the video at the same time <laughs> I'm not mad about it oh I love my it but oh yeah, my gosh he knows I'm like a super slow calm like easy <laughs> person so yeah it was a fun one to write like we for us it's easier to write like the really emotional big ballads we like tend to to focus on that a lot so whenever we come up with like a fun upbeat one where that's not cheesy we're like yes um so well, this is kind of work for a guitarist too to bring out that like yeah. you know own sound on piano like you get like in your feels you sit down at piano and you're mm-hmm. like i have to write a ballad you know because it's yeah. like so pretty and <laughs> yeah um, totally yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been a blast. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, we will link all of your social medias and the video to Ride or Die in the notes of the podcast. So everyone go watch the video. It's so fun. And <laughs> here is Ride or Die. Mm-hmm.